0: on the Road is a two-day wellness event for your mind, body, and spirit that is designed to bring you contagious joy and freedom. The past few years have left many of us feeling disconnected and discouraged. We're stressed out and anxious more than ever before, and we are in desperate need of connection, real connection back to ourselves and other people. At Rev On The Road, you'll experience a community of people who are working out what it means to love God, get healthy, be whole, and love others. It's the healthy and whole part that's not always easy to do. You will hear good news and learn how to think, feel, and choose good when facing challenging moments. Your whole self, heart, mind, soul, and body will encounter the good news of the gospel that chases away all shame and fear. Body shame doesn't stand a chance wherever Rev On The Road is.
1: Rev On The Road is total freedom in you finding out who you are in Christ. Just to be able to come to a place like Revelation Wellness where the number one focus is Jesus Christ, it's truly incredible, it really is. Oh, absolutely, Rev On The Road is for everyone. Everyone, yes. Yeah. You do your level of the fitness, you do your level and you pay attention to the scriptures and to the teaching and you gain a lot of energy from everyone else who's here. Through two days of
0: worship, Bible study and physical movement that's fun and fits all abilities, you will leave fully recharged and filled with fresh hope. This event is for everybody you belong. If you or those you love could use a spark to ignite you towards active faith, one where you don't just hear God's word, but put the word into practice with your whole self, Rev On The Road is for you. We can't wait to see you at the next Rev On The Road. Get your tickets today and reserve your spot. Well, hey, friend, welcome back to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. And speaking of friends, I made a new best friend today. I know that probably gets old. Literally, not every person I interview feels like a best friend, but this one was really lovely and I learned so much today on the podcast. Nicole Eunice is here. She's the author of a book, new book coming out soon called Not What I Signed Up For. Y'all. It's a book to help us deal with our disappointments and how to stay faithful to the Lord when life doesn't look the way we think it should. Anyone? Anyone? (laughs) I am raising my hand right now in one of those seasons right now. You probably have heard me talk about uh, in some of the podcasts I'm teaching, Reving the Word, how it feels like we have followed God right into a storm. Anyone? Yeah. Well, he is still faithful. And hanging out with Nicole today encouraged me. It's gonna encourage you. She talks about the story of Joseph. It's a lot of what her book is based around is telling the story of Joseph. And uh, the fact that Joseph was a crybaby. So I feel pretty normal about the fact that I just cried yesterday. And it's been a weepy season, but God is doing something in that. You guys are gonna love her. She is fun and smart and um, doing great new things in the kingdom of God. So I'm excited about this new friendship, and I think you're going to be encouraged. If you are someone who's scratching your head going, God, this doesn't make any sense. Where are you? And you want to stay faithful to the call on your life. You are going to be encouraged today. Thank you to our donors and partners who make this episode possible. Everything you do in this ministry helps us keep going. Whether you rate and review the podcast or have given a monthly partnership or any donation of any kind, or just spread the word, we are so, so grateful. We could not do it without you. Thank you for being a steady here. Even when things don't look the way we thought they would go or what we signed up for, we are grateful you are here. All right, friend, enjoy this episode and I will be talking with you soon. Peace revelation wellness community and friends we have a friend today we do feel like friends this is how it happens in instagram land nicole Eunice is on the podcast nicole welcome to the revelation i World am podcast.
1: so excited to be here i'm a little bit of a fangirl like probably many mm. people here where i just appreciate you and what you're putting out there and the way that you just present yourself via social media. You know, it's a little bit of a, a friend of mm. mine says, you know, it's a little bit, you might be doing good work, but we're still in Babylon out there on the social that media. That is ends. the so
0: truth. Like, I really
1: appreciate the consistent encouragement in sort of such a healthy and life-giving way that you put out there. I so love thank it. you.
0: Well, I love that we get to actually face to face, zoom to zoom today instead sure. of be stuck behind an avatar on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> well, tell people a little- bit about you, because I think you're to be sure. new to some of our audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's so nice to meet you guys, and I'm glad to be here. I know that we are like-minded. If we're all here listening, um, I am a a mom and a leader who has been through uh, several lifetimes. It feels like of careers. So I've moved in my life through beginning in fitness and went into therapy. So I was a therapist um, and a pastor. And now I've circled all the way back to the marketplace. And my day job is in some leadership that I find myself in, in a fintech startup. So basically covering all the areas of life and per usual, I have, you know, too much to do and not enough time and constantly need to find ways to stay balanced and healthy and keep the Lord at yeah. the center of it. So if yeah, anyone can relate stay out of Babylon, that's right. And I also write books. Um, and, uh, those books are all around sort of the intersection of healthy spirituality and healthy emotional living. So, um, I'm excited to, be to talk about are, you are
0: our people. Well, you have authored, <laughs> what book number is this? This is seven. So You're seven. Got wow.
1: <laughs> Yeah. What, so, when did you start writing? When you were 13? So, no, I know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I started writing. Um, Actually, and I love this story because I really didn't set out to be a writer. Um, I love communicating. I love teaching and speaking. And I found myself in a limited space. There just wasn't opportunities mm-hmm. as a female in ministry to preach or teach. Gosh. And so kind of plan B, I was like, well, you know, I, I guess I'll start writing. And so God really used a time where I felt like a lot of doors were closed to me to open up maybe a different avenue for ministry. And now I do preach and I do teach and the Look world's changed a lot in the last 11 years here, yeah. um, where I have an opportunity and invitations to really be a part of some teaching teams in different places. So it's pretty cool to see that how God uses, you know, not what we're expecting a lot of times. Um, yeah, his good.
0: And it's just your obedience to to keep going. It doesn't look the way you thought, but he uses it all. Okay. And speaking of that, you have written your latest book, Not Mm -hmm. What I Signed Up For. (laughs) <laughs> tell us, tell us why you wrote this book, because it's not like any of us would understand the topic or relate. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, it's been really encouraging already to throw this phrase out and just see where it lands and have so many people sort of have an immediate reaction where they're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know what that means. And it means something so different uh, in every circumstance. It may be something like a career change. It could be something in a relationship status, whatever it is. And honestly, I feel like almost as a culture, we can sort of relate to this concept. I just, I know, and I'm sure you guys talk about this, but so much upheaval in our world. So many people that I'm close to who've experienced the same kind of sort of life-altering transitions as I've gone through myself. In 2019, I stepped away from a full-time ministry role that I loved, um, sort of in an unexpected way. I found myself kind of feeling homeless and anchorless in my my life, not sure what was coming next. It was one of those Mm -hmm times I'm sure that some of you have experienced where you know that you're supposed to leave a thing that you were doing, but you don't know what you're going to. Right, And, you know, I describe a not what I signed up for season as an uncertain outcome with an unknown timeline. And Gosh. there's something about the uncertainty of an outcome and not knowing any understanding of a timeline that just, for me, was so disorienting that I found myself really wanting to find a way to to navigate and sort of narrate that part of the season and i found a friend in the life of joseph in the book of genesis the story of joseph which we kind of all know the highlights you know we've watched the disney movie or whatever yeah um but when you really dig into it it has been alternately comforting and challenging to think about a God who is at work in really unexpected ways for his glory and his good that I think is available to all of us if we're willing to kind of enter in to, to that so, process.
0: So tell us some key things uh, just from what you learned in studying.
1: Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, so many. Well, that's but, I mean, one of... One of them that I love. One of the things that stuck out to me first, you know, as a as a trained therapist teaching this live several years ago, I'm like Joseph cries all the time. Like he's crying all the time. So, for <laughs> us to sort of make him this hero figure who just kind of like triumphs through these difficulties and becomes the governor of Egypt. Like you're missing out if you don't realize in one chapter alone he cries six or seven times. Like it's wow. a lot. Yeah, and I remember being like, that's Who good. is this guy? Like that's a lot of crying and. And there's this other part where, you know, he sort of, it seems like the story is about to turn, you know, he's he's been unjustly imprisoned, he's been there for a long time, and he is righteous and good, and he interprets these dreams for the king's servants. And you see this other, like, moment of humanity, where he stops this guy that he just interpreted a dream for, the cupbearer, and he's like, hey, when you're restored don't forget me. me, Like I have been, I am not meant to be here. I'm suffering. I am not with my people. Mm -hmm. Like you sort of feel the humanity of it. And then the very next thing that happens is it says the cupbearer did not remember him. In fact, (laughs) he forgot all about him. And then we get a new chapter and it says when two full years had passed. And I mean, let's all just embrace that. Like when you think the story is about to turn for you, when you're sort of faithfully showing up for your life, oh haven't we all felt that moment where we're like, God, I thought you were about to move and then you mm-hmm. didn't. And mm-hmm. what do I do with that? And then, you know, the story, there's a really important part that happens next, which I'm not going to give away because I really, okay. <laughs> you got to read okay. the book or get go the read book. your Bible. We like it. Out. Yeah.
0: Or read your... <laughs> I think they're going to get your book. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about that moment for you. Like yeah. where were are not what I signed up for moments? Like maybe go yeah. back
1: to Yeah, I mean, you know, there was sort of this sense that I think I had, you know, just speaking, you know, friend to friend, where I really knew that I was doing what God was asking me to do. Like it was like there's a Mm. there's a place of obedience. I think when we enter into a change in a season, you know, I kind of did the things that I know to do. I had a spiritual director. I had close friends. I was discerning. I took time. I was in it with Mm -hmm. my husband. I prayed about it. And Mm -hmm. when the time came where it was the right decision to be made, I just, I didn't think it could get worse from there. I mean, truly, if I'm going to just be clear, like, I just think I thought if I'm obedient, you know, and I'm 46 years old, like I've been on this earth for a while. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to do the hard thing and I'm being obedient to it, I just was not expecting it to get worse than yeah. That. And yeah. it just got worse, you know. Isn't we, that
0: the we, worst? It's, it's the worst, worst when you think this is the worst. No, it's not the worst. It's We're going to go actually.
1: even more. That was so not what, the bottom.
0: What, what what can you be <laughs>
1: specific? Yeah, so we ended up leaving, we ended up moving out of our house, we lost dear friendships, we lost our church community. We just it God. was one thing after another and there was there was a good amount of stability, you know, and I want to be clear about that because First of all, we shouldn't be comparing each other's traumas because it's not worth doing. It's to always say that when I was a therapist, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to compare your hardships to the life that you're in. You can't compare your That's hardships right. to somebody across the That's ocean. Right. Like it's and so we had a lot of good things, but I knew what I was navigated in my soul and emotionally was a season of true loss. And I needed to be gentle, which I talk about in the book quite a bit. Like if you're going to engage this process, there's a gentleness needed with your heart to allow yourself to experience loss. And that's a lot of the story of Joseph is that lament, that loss, that disappointment. And I don't know that we make a lot of space in our microwave culture for it being okay, that I remember crying to my spiritual director and being like, I'm just so tired of crying. Like, mm. can I stop crying? And she was like, what would it look like to be okay with not being okay for longer than you thought mm. Mm. about something that maybe doesn't feel socially acceptable or co- like whatever your, whatever your mm. image is of how fast you're supposed to move through something mm. when, you know, there's a lot of good things in life. So a lot of the book is really about learning to be gentle enough with ourselves to allow our hearts to hold together, happy and hard, um, confusing and triumph all at once. Because I actually think that that kind of heartbreak is what expands our heart. And that, that expanded heart makes room for things to be safe for others, makes room for us to be women and men of depth, it makes room for us to be people of compassion. And that's the story of what people say to me about the end of their seasons. They're like, I would never choose that. I never would want to go through it, but I trust God more and I'm more resilient. And I guess it's an invitation to say, hey, what if we do that together in a really honest way, you know?
0: Uh. You said something that we're very familiar with at Revelation Wellness is Mm -hmm. that you can have the joy and the suffering, Mm -hmm. the grief, the loss, and the gain, that tension, and that your heart expands. Mm -hmm. And as you know, as a gal with your fitness background, Mm -hmm. nothing grows if there isn't tension. So (laughs) God knows that even though we can grieve and be sad, Mm -hmm. is there not maybe something new coming? What would you say overall were takeaways for you with the moments that you go, this is not what I signed
1: up for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I was reminded, or maybe, I mean, I hate to say it, but for the first time, you know, I I often say to people, you know, I'm like the chief wrestler with God. I I don't, I'm not like a professional Christian who writes books because like things are so great. I write books and talk about this stuff because I actually think it's really difficult to fully believe in the core of our being that we are loved by god that we are Mm -hmm. fully accepted that Mm -hmm. he is for us and that he is with us and i wrestle with that and i have to do the work to experience god in my life Mm -hmm. it's not just an it's not just a done deal because i went to seminary and um Mm -hmm. i think i've learned once again god is so good and so gracious and Mm -hmm he has a better story than the one that we could imagine and and by better i don't mean bigger flashier or for you to feel better (laughs) about Mm -hmm. yourself i mean it's Mm -hmm. just better overall Mm -hmm. better than we can imagine and you know i remember thinking about this idea from psalm 23 you know uh it says there you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies my cup overflows and Having such a clear picture that Mm. what if what God means by that is that you have so much love in your life because you've experienced Him that you want your enemies at your table, that your heart is so full of forgiveness and love that you get a table set in the presence of your enemies because you're like, hey, enemies, come dine with me. Mm. Like, I forgive you. I love you. I am, my life is not defined by hardship or suffering. My life is defined by what God is doing in it. Those are not things we learn through listening to a podcast so there's things we learn by showing up with god and letting him move and grow and shape and sanctify our own lives
0: and what if it got to the point and this is a big one Mm -hmm. because it's not what we signed up for when we think about enemies we want enemies to pay we want enemies to receive justice instead of what if it got to the point where you could be thankful for the enemy
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it
0: actually did something
1: well and that's the story of joseph so you know we in the book we begin at the end and the the ending of joseph is him in genesis 15, 50 20 saying to his brothers um, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? What you intended for evil, God used for good, for the saving of many lives. And I'm like my big mind blow on the whole Joseph thing is I am absolutely convinced that Joseph arrived at that conclusion far before he was in the presence of his brothers. He mm. was surrendered and fine and good mm-hmm. with his life, not because he met his brothers, because so many of us think, well, yeah, if God's going to like redeem my whole story with the people who've done me wrong, I'll be like that too. I'm like, no, I think Mm -hmm. actually the point is you get like that. And then maybe on this side Mm -hmm. of heaven, you might have that reconciliation, that restoration, maybe you won't, but you'll be okay because you'll Mm -hmm. be able to say from the bottom of your heart, do not be afraid. I am not in the place of God, what God and what you intended for evil, God used for good. And there's just such a blessing in that ability. I mean, it's it's a miracle for us, for any one of us to experience that with a, a difficult relationship a dysfunctional family a betrayal in our leadership mm-hmm. if you can say that from your heart that is a miracle that god will work in your that's life gr- to be able that's to do a that
0: grace that's a grace mm-hmm. of a kingdom that serves a King
1: that's right. benevolent
0: and it's extravagant and it mm. should blow our minds. We can't, we can't formulize it. All right. Yeah. So with your seminary theological degree, yeah. how many years from Joseph wearing the coat to Joseph being saying those words? You yeah. Know so years?
1: 13 years he was imprisoned. Okay. So that he gets restored to that, like, then there's a whole thing for all of you leaders out there. There's an unbelievable set of leadership lessons here about how Joseph showed up for every opportunity he had, which is mm. why he actually could present a strategy to the whole king of Egypt about what to do in this moment. Wow. That's because his leadership had been honed in all of these, like, limited, limited positions. So he shows up, and then we know that as he becomes the steward of Egypt, there's seven years of plenty before there are seven years of want. And we know that his brothers did not even come to Egypt until at least they had run out of food. So, likely another 11 years at least. Wow. So we have 17, we have 13 years 13. imprisoned, 11 years. So that's 24 years of a story. 17 we like
0: are first of all no wonder he cried so much and I second know. we are babies we are like, we're it's babies.
1: It's like babies. So- like it's been three days god where are you <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i am guilty i am called out You're i so am called cool. out i i heard I something the other day i heard somebody go like you know it was like a whole 4 years that i had to like keep before the lord gave me this breakthrough moment i'm like 4 years i'm like 13 with some of these prayers and things and but cry baby like it's <laughs> it's so small elisa okay so back to our little equation of tension nothing grows under tension but you also need time under tension yes. So time, as much as we don't Mm. like it, talk to us about patience.
1: Yeah. So time, I mean, this isn't in the book, but let's just coin this as our own axiom. Time under tension is testing. And testing Mm. is very confusing for people. Like, why would God test me? That sounds like he's like this, (laughs) you know, sort of power hungry middle school teacher who wants to prove that I can fail. That's not what testing means in scripture. What testing means is Testing is a way to reveal what is already there. There And if you think about that and you think about sort of tension under time – You know, how do we know, In let's go into the physical realm. How do we know our limitations? How do we know how much we can lift if we've never tried, right? Like we don't actually know. Um, How do we know where our our break point is or sort of our top limit if we've never tried? We don't. Um, And if we don't let, tension under time often reveals, and, and as hard as this is, what that testing often reveals is what we actually believe about God. Ooh. what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about the world. And sometimes it's just not pretty. It's not pretty what is comes out from under there, because oftentimes pride comes to the surface, fear comes to the surface, That's this right. sense of shame, you know, I must not be enough, God must not love me. That stuff comes out when we are in that patience space. Yeah. And there yeah. may be no yeah. other way that that would ever be revealed to you. These things that God wants to heal there would may be no other way that it would ever be revealed to you if you were not in that difficulty. You might have no idea what you're carrying in the deeper places of your soul if you if it's never been revealed. So testing is designed to expose what is already there, both the, both the happy and the hard. Um, sometimes we discover I'm stronger than I thought and I'm not who I was. And that's beautiful, you know? Mm. And sometimes we discover, oh, God is still growing something essential in my soul that I would not have learned about any other way.
0: So in the ministry of Revelation Wellness, you know, we see health and fitness, all that is really a place of practice. You show mm-hmm. up again and practice again. Yep. And in a patient time, in a time of waiting with patience, is the opportunity to practice, practice, mm-hmm. do something again. What are some of the practices that you've learned or maybe care right about in the book during that waiting time?
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, a lot of practices, obviously, we could talk about sort of taking care of our body. But I, I asked this question to some readers as well, particularly around grief, because it felt to me like um, grief is destructive and it is, it's it's a loss, it's a death of all kinds, right? And it felt like people's response to a destructive thing in their life was to counterbalance with creativity. And so yeah. a lot of the answers were like, I garden, I bake. Mm. There were things with like hands, like just hands I paint, sense. I write. There's something about counterbalancing loss with creation because it's not a renovation. Like grief is not a renovation. Grief is is destructive. It's a chance. Yeah. It, we have to release what no longer exists, exists. whether that yeah, thing is a not. relationship or the hope that we had for something for the future, uh, an image we had about the way our life was going, which was a lot of my story. A lot of the grief i experienced was not just about the circumstances it was about letting go of a storyline that i thought was a big part of my life all of these things that i had probably hung my identity on i grew up as an army brat i moved around i had no roots and this experience in our community and in our church was the place for roots so when we were uprooted it wasn't just about uprooting. It was about a storyline that I thought was mine to follow that now no longer was. That's mm. just destructive. It doesn't matter that God's doing a new thing. Of course he's doing a new thing. But my heart still needs to grieve a death yeah. of what was and what will not be. And mm. many of those practices ended up being, in a really strange way, very, very uh, tactile Um, creative, you know, I'm a huge fan of yoga, because there's something about placing your body in positions that represent ways that your heart may feel. And and that includes places of strength, right? Like we know in yoga, there's places of strength, there's places of vulnerability, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever practice you have, where you're really grounding in your body, Um, and I know that you, you know, you put us in those positions often to say like, embrace what this looks like, embrace surrender, embrace worship, embrace a a strong pose, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, this part, that's, that's part of all of those things. A lot of creating. Yeah.
0: I love that. I've actually never heard that definition before. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I've lost something and to create is to, to gain or to put something back into the earth to, to make something visibly seen. Mm -hmm. because something will no longer be seen again Mm
1: -hmm. oh Oh. and maybe it's like a little place of of control and not and not the bad word of control but just in his way of saying i and that's like i think about that yeah it's agency wonderful perfect word i tell a story in the in the book about reorganizing my spice drawer why (laughs) like i don't (laughs) agency it was i was like i'm gonna get these pretty little jars with these pretty little labels and i'm going to Take perfectly fine spice jars and pour them into different fine spice jars because I just feel a sense of like, okay, I've just done a thing. I've brought a little life and joy into this little spot in my family. And I think that's fine. And that's part of me is like, just be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with yourself in a not where I signed up for season. You don't have to slay the day every day. You don't have to crush everything you do, but be faithful, you know, be faithful and be gentle. And there's so much gain, right? That comes from that
0: uh share with our listeners uh about the fact that you were a female pastor le- uh, yes. leading the church correct? I still like,
1: am still am a still am pastor. okay yeah. let's go
0: let's let's so... yeah let's talk about this role of women in the
1: church absolutely not um, a hot
0: topic at all
1: <laughs> gosh i know i'm like where do you want me to start well i'll start here um and this is as, as is often the case with women that i speak with who are called to ministry i didn't sign up for that and, and yeah. that's I, right there, i'm like one. When God places a passion in your heart and a fire in your soul and gives you a gift, hmm. you don't sign up for it. Like it's you have it. You can't do it. with. And I remember being 22 years old and teaching in a student ministry. And like my heart was on fire. fire. And from that day until 2015, when I was ordained, that's a long time. It was like 15 years. I constantly came to the Lord. If you wanted me to be a pastor, why didn't you make me a man? I didn't wow. sign up to be a trailblazer. I wasn't yeah. trying to make a point. Like I don't yeah. I didn't want to live my life in a way that was like trying to be I just didn't. I that yeah. just was not interesting to me. But was what yeah. was interesting to me was being obedient. And it actually again, we started there. We talked about the limitations I was experiencing, which is why I wrote in the first place. And my first book did relatively well. And I I felt the weight of reaching so many people with spiritual truths and being under no umbrella of, hmm. there was no, where was hmm. my, where was my ordaining body? Where was my group of people who say, we're with you, we're for you? Yeah, we'll, we'll watch your backside. We'll uh, see your blind yeah. spots. Yeah. By the way, while you're talking in depth about God's sovereignty and people's trauma, we we, we stand with you about your authority, your spiritual authority that you've been given. And so I only pursued ordination in my denomination because I, I read about the office of the teaching elder, which is what it's called in my denomination. And I'm like, this is what I do, guys. Mm. This is what I do in books. Shouldn't mm. I – I need to be obedient to the calling. Mm. Um, and that's kind of how that that story progressed and things have come a long way since then i teach in my denominations churches and preach and you know it's a joy it's a joy to have gone to the other side and to open the door for some younger females in my life that i mentor who just have not had the experience that i had they just step up and they're ready to roll and it's great
0: what denomination
1: uh evangelical presbyterian church so the epc sort of a small moderate presbyterian branch yeah
0: yeah. I'm, I'm so like, well, I was, grew up Christian, but I didn't know anything about anything. So when I hear about all the different yeah, church branches and beliefs, I'm like, wow, this is really interesting and how divided and yeah, tense it can get, but you've kept your head down and did what you were called to do.
1: Yeah and you know they've been the 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 team's have been great that I work with and so you know when I wa- stepped out of my full-time ministry role where I was like on a senior team in a large church as the discipleship pastor when I stepped out of that they were great they were like we, we approve you're an evangelist and which is like what I've always wanted to be. So my, my actual title switched over to evangelist within my denomination, which was like delightful. I'm like, this is, this is what God had for me. And you know, it's okay to, it's okay to retire or to graduate or whatever you want to call it from Mm -hmm. a position into a new season. And that's been a hard lesson for me to learn is how to retire gracefully or embrace new seasons and see them as transitions that God designed, not yeah. failures. Not yes. They can it's be different. transitions that God designs. And that's a beautiful yeah. thing.
0: What's the dream in your heart, Nicole?
1: Like mm. what's something
0: that you maybe would only tell a, a close friend?
1: <laughs> you know, I, I write about dreams and not what I signed up for. And I got to the end of the book and this isn't a secret because it's in the book, but I, I was experience, I had a one day experience a year ago in all of these ways of things I could have never imagined happening. And my husband said to me at the end of the night, and he said it like, in he just said it off the cuff. He was like, man, all your dreams are coming true. And I was like, they are. Like, all my dreams are coming true. And mm-hmm. I've dreamt of being, this will make me cry. I've dreamt of being a faithful mom to my kids mm-hmm. that I could have a good relationship with them and on on Sunday, my 19 year old daughter was like, you're the best mom. I'm like, really? This is my first performance review for my children. Like you're a grown up now. And she's like, you're the best. I like, and I just was like, oh my gosh, I have, I have a friendship with my daughter and I have wonderful sons that I love who are polite and care deeply about people. And of course everyone makes mistakes, but I feel like I'm living the dreams that I've had. And I, I don't know which dreams are next. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm, I'm up yeah. for them.
0: <laughs> you <bailing laughs> they for. may look like. And you're ready knowing it might not look what you signed up for. It, might it definitely not look doesn't that
1: look that way. It definitely yeah. doesn't look that way. But um, yeah. I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to, to say I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to grow. It's okay that it looks different than I expected. And I don't know what's coming next, but God's not done with me. And that's for sure. And I'm, I'm ready for his plan instead of maybe my own.
0: You're good at it. I love your heart. I can see how <laughs> bold and fierce and free. I like it. It's very Thank good to you. see. Uh, tell you. me about um, the books that are on your bedside yeah. table. These are fun, rapid fire, fun closing questions. What What mm-hmm. books on your bedside table right now?
1: yep i have an invitation uh to prayer by henry nowen on my uh, bedside I table one. i don't
0: have it on my bedside but i have that book it's a great book yes any, um, yeah, any
1: henry nowen. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like circling back on henry so i pull one off of my bookshelf and put it next to my bed like mm. you know every night um, to kind of just re revisit some things letters from henry was what i read last and it was mm. so great it was a compilation mm. of his personal correspondence with mm. a variety of people and you just it's beautiful so Um, yeah, I love to read spiritual reading at night. I don't have it by my bed, but on my iPad, I have scaling people and change, which doesn't sound riveting, but actually is. And I love it. What's it about? Is it um, It's about basically leading, leading, uh, wide, wide. Yeah. Like organization wide changes. It's from the CEO of Stripe who is on my dream list and I do plan to meet her. Um, I don't know her, but Okay. You're listening. Let it be said. Let, uh, yes, let, let it be. Yes.
0: Let it be sold. Yeah. So
1: I love love her writing and just love the way she's representing sort of marketplace leadership. So I'm reading that as well, and I have a fiction book. um I'm reading The People We Keep right now that my daughter recommended that I read. So I always like to have fiction, leadership, and uh spiritual. Are, book.
0: You know what I, I think of books. I used to be a person that if I start a book. I just got to read it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm mm-hmm. like uh, grinding it out or something about probably maybe a performance mentality where now yeah. I've stopped doing that. And I began to look at books like channels on TV. Oh, like, I love it. I'm going to switch the channel. I, mm-hmm. I'm not into mm-hmm. that right now. Switch, switch, switch. So, yeah, and I, but I annotate, like I take notes of everything all the time so I can remember where <laughs> I left off. So I love it. I Oh man. Yeah. What's
1: on your bookshelf? Which what's, what's got you going?
0: <gasps> what's on my bookshelf right now? Uh, you know what? I've, a friend of mine sent me a Garden Within, Anita. Okay. Have you heard? Uh, Dr. Anita, what's her name? She just was on Oprah. So oh, it's all no, about the body, neurobiology. Mm. Yeah, she was also on the If Gathering. Um, uh, That's on my bedside. Another book, uh, The Brother Lawrence, Practicing the Presence. Yes, yes, Practicing the Presence of God. Yeah. yeah, yes. Yeah. And I just finished up. There's a, church, a book called "The Other Half of the Church." Actually, it's the second time I've read it. It's a book basically saying, "Are you?" Half is it of the Car- church... Carolyn Custis James? Nope, I can't remember his name. Uh, it's oh, two so. people though, maybe. But yeah, it's about say, the fact like we're just half the church, the church yeah. is too heady. Like we, all the knowledge that we have oh, and that what we have forgotten is
1: yes. joy. The book I'm talking joy, about is the half of the church that's females, not leadership. So a different, oh, yeah,
0: no, this is a, a different, one. different this way is more to cut about it in half. <laughs> our being, our wholeness. Oh, like, good. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm kind of, kind of like you're all, if you're always reading leadership stuff, I always have something about body, neurobiology, chemistry, something that way. Yeah. And then something that is just spiritual for my soul. I am not, and everyone knows this, if they know me, I have a hard time getting into fiction. What does that say about me?
1: Well, I mean, I think- Have I not read a good
0: fiction book? That's what I wonder. Do you
1: like movies? I do like movies. I mean, do
0: you like stories? I do love stories, but something about a book, the fact that it takes so long to get going- Mm.
1: See, I, I think <laughs> I just think that there's I just think there are visual people and there's like sort of audits like reading people like I I would I love to read. read I would rather learn watch something. I would literally would... rather read a book than watch a movie, a fiction book, than watch a story. I'm I
0: reading. would rather read a good book then watch a fiction movie. I think have that's where I read at? a good novel. I know <laughs> I'm going to need a list right
1: now. I'm feeling, <laughs> I am feeling
0: distressed. Some good novel. I do. I have read good novels, but then I don't find it. I, I rate everything to that. And I don't want to read anything else unless it's like,
1: how about chemistry lessons? No, is that top, a good one? Yeah. Top novel of last year on every list.
0: If I, all right. Okay. Everyone's try it. Heard it, try here. it. Chemistry try it. You lessons. You're gonna hear
1: first, guys. Those of you listening, I know you're gonna thumbs up if you read it because, I really, I mean, it was. I run,
0: want to read more hit. fiction. Okay, chemistry lessons. I want to read more fiction. I love learning. I want to learn. Yeah. But then I've realized lately, I'm like, I need to not learn so much. I need to just like well, go want to create. Are you an enneagram? Cruise.
1: Are you an enneagram? Fan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you a three? Nope. But okay, because I was gonna. You're Nate. Okay. So I'm a three. Um, And I think the reason I have to read fiction is because otherwise I'm always reading to optimize my life. I'm optimizing my work. I'm I'm optimizing. So my my brain is always on and I am literally not like resting. And there is a deeper part of that where I'm controlling my world, right? Like totally. I'm like, well, if I read this, I'm controlling my world. Totally. And fiction says I'm not in control of my world. And even when I'm resting, God is working, which is why it's almost like a spiritual practice for me to be yeah. like, now That's I shall word. read this fiction story. <laughs> that
0: I now I, can't I shall
1: maximize read. for my work. Like really You're
0: right. Yeah. No, I feel like the Holy Spirit was already like kind of tapping me. Like, good <laughs> job on all the learning you've done over the last twenty five years. <laughs> Let's go have some fun. Wanna go have some fun? I'm like, it's, like, it's not fun. but oh my goodness. I have chemistry lessons. Here I come. Yep. All right. Um. Well, f- the final rapid fire, three questions. Yeah. Favorite favorite way to move your body. I think you already mentioned some of it. Lifting mm-hmm. weights. What did you say? Yoga. And- um. I
1: like to. I love to run. Actually, but my favorite favorite way, if I have time, is I discovered a cardio dance studio here in my town um it is the best so it's like modern jazzercise better than that but it's basically choreographed to music and the music just comes on and you just pick it up as you go and it's like 15 hey. songs in a row
0: and and where do you live
1: um in richmond virginia oh so. you're
0: too far away turn
1: cardio studio yeah, yeah shout called? out to sandy turn? shout out to sandy who started it and owns the idea uh it's turn. Called turn 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 yeah, it's called turn
0: okay yeah, anyone there it? Well, nearby, that's, I would love Love that. That's so much fun. So if I can get
1: there, my daughter and I go together. We have a blast. Oh, it's
0: It's so so much fun. Me and my daughter go to, we go, the gym we belong to kind of has a lot of older people. I don't Uh know why it's our community. And Sophia's like the hit. My daughter's 19 years old and she starts dancing. All the older ladies like, yeah, but we have a blast. That's
1: exact. You're describing me and my 19 year old daughter. (laughs) The four of us would be quite a, quite a show. I'm sure. It would be amazing. (laughs) I love it. Um,
0: Okay. Uh, Coffee, tea, or kombucha. What's your go-to? Coffee.
1: Oh, tea at night. Tea at night. Coffee in the morning.
0: Okay. Is there no caffeine in the tea at night? I imagine. Well, I'll
1: do it. So my mom taught me a long time ago. I come from Irish heritage. She was taught this. If you are ever tired, you drink a caffeinated cup of hot tea at two o'clock. Close your eyes for fifteen minutes. You will wake up ready to roll. <laughs> so, especially when my kids were little, this was like the 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 hack of life. Um, but I'll drink like decaf black tea at night. So.
0: <laughs> wow, we are getting so many good nuggets out of you. This is incredible. thanks, mom. Final Passing one. Passing on your tips. Uh, what's your like loyal brand loyalty to your athleisure wear?
1: Ooh, mm. to my athleisure, not my athletic, yeah. like athleisure, well, yeah. Viore, uh, well, Viore oh out of San Diego. My. Yeah.
0: Once you put it on,
1: you can't, you can't, can't take back.
0: it off. You're like you Everything <laughs> else is like cardboard. It's it. It is. <laughs> Addicting.
1: True. Absolutely. All right,
0: everyone. Where are they going to go to get your book? I think right now it's in pre-order, and I'm yes. just going to I'm going to give a little shout out, everyone. Pre-orders matter so much. So Thank if you, you enjoyed listening to Nicole as much as I did, I'm going to go pre-order it. That's it. I'm going to order Chemistry Lessons, and I'll pre-order because I know how much it matters to authors. It really does. Authors.
1: Yeah. All of those pre-orders from now until the book releases, they all count as one big order they, which is amazing yeah. that's why it matters yeah. and we try to it's fun because you know the people who pre-order you get the book first you know you've got it it's going to come land on your doorstep and then you guys are the ones who tell others about it it's just mm-hmm. like you're really important to authors so if you go to my website which will be in the show notes com, it will pop right up there but the landing page is not what i signed up for and if you pre-order, we have, you can get the audiobook. Um, we're going to release that to you for free. And then I also put together a, a journal. Speaking of creativity, I put together a journal that helps you write your own prayers through these uh, pieces of the seasons that we go through in the book. And I share sort of my most vulnerable prayers from my own journal from that season mm-hmm. in my life. So that's um, just for pre-order um, folks. They get to get that, grab that. Fantastic.
0: Okay. So we're going to put a link in the show notes, guys. Swipe Great. up send you right there. I just ordered it. It's on my iPad. Are you an iPad reader or a book book? Reader? I am when
1: I travel. I actually don't prefer it, but like, I can't travel. I agree. I, want to, I can't bring all 18 books in my carry on. So It's a
0: it's a tug of war because I would rather have the hard copy, mm, but too. I like having my whole everything and anything at my hands. Well, back to optimizing. I know. I, I, you know what I do?
1: <laughs> if, it, if it's amazing, I order a copy of it. Sorry, get it on if, an iPad if it's amazing, and I'm going to reference it, and I need it on my bookcase right here. Then I'll get same. Copy.
0: And then if it's really, really good, I even order it on Audible. I'm I'm oh, like really? a triple threat. Yeah, wow. I have a you. few I'm authors like that you I have can, like
1: read it back to the author. You're like, I know <laughs> right it by heart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Nicole. Well um new best friends and <laughs> write another Love book it. so you can come back or do something oh gosh, anything yes. let us know, i'll come back
1: anytime really. you know i've always okay. got something to say but yeah absolutely thank you guys let's for... shout out
0: to katie your uh pr my publicist. At, yeah, she's the yeah your publicist Tyndale because she's like you gotta get nicole yeah, on. She the show. Likes you strong guys are meant to be together <laughs> i'm like okay i trust you katie and t- K- shout out to katie Shout Good out to choice. Katie.
1: She's the best. All right. Um, Thank you so much for having me thanks. and you guys for being part of this conversation. It's a delight. Yeah. Thanks, friend. Friends, thanks so much for being here for this really fun conversation with new friends, Alisa and Nicole. We hope you loved it as much as we did. We've also got some fun and exciting news to announce before you go. If you're TX Ma, Lisa OS7, or M Tornetta, Thanks for listening and leaving us a fantastic review over on Apple Podcasts during our book bundle giveaway. Be sure to swipe up on the show notes and connect with us so we can send you your bundles. Donors, thanks so much for making episodes like this possible. We'll be back Monday with a brand new Revving the Word with Elisa that's going to get you ready for the holidays. Peace.